With Capella University's FlexPath learning format, you can earn your degree online at your own pace and get support from people who care about your success. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. This isn't your average business podcast, and he's not your average host. This is the James Altucher Show on the Choose Yourself Network. Today on the James Altucher Show. I think a lot of entrepreneurs, they, they suffer from, you know, it's good to um, not be delusional when you have an idea. Like, you can't think to yourself, oh, um, my business is the best business, or I'm the, the best comedian, or I'm the best yeah. athlete. You have to self-correct when you're delusional, but you also can't have too many doubts either or else you'll be too pessimistic about your ability to succeed. Sure. No, I said this to you before, and I think like we all know that there are different environments that we can be in that are better for us than others. I think you should be honest with yourself. You cannot be really successful unless you look in the mirror and you're honest with yourself, saying, am I doing everything I possibly can? And and we all could be better. What's the biggest room in the world? The room for improvement. Like we can get better and we should strive to be a better version of what we were yesterday than the day before. And so the more you care, the more you're willing to do. So I think like the but same I, way- I think, I think though that this related to, and sorry yeah. to interrupt, no, right? No. You're, no. you're a quarter and I'm an interrupter. <laughs> So another special episode of the James Aldercher. Once again, I've got all-time favorite Steve Cohen. Thank you very in much, the house. Oh. Podcast producer extraordinaire and also backed by popular demand since your last. I Someone counted. We did a 60-minute podcast and you had 48 quotable quotes uh, that you said on that podcast. Like an example quote might be, the way you do anything is the way you do everything. Yeah. Um, oh wait, what's the, there's one that's like a tongue twister that you always say that I just heard you say it's um, if you don't do the best with what you got, you got to oh. do you got to get what you could do best. I don't even know how, what it is. What's the um, if you don't have time to do it right the first time? No, 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 no. Oh, that no, one. Oh, the best. Uh, things work out best for those who make the best of the way things work out. That <laughs> wait, one? wait. Things work out best for those who make, who make the, the best how things work out. No, <laughs> things work out best for those who make the best of the way things work out. Yeah, that's roughly what I said. Is that? <laughs> no, you, he man, you mangled it. I was right. You're wrong. All right. All right. Steve one, chess good. master zero. Thank you. <laughs> good enough. Good enough. So we're going to do a podcast. We've, we've done 500 or so interviews on this podcast and we've seen every, we've interviewed so many successful peak performers. We thought it would be good to see why sometimes people don't achieve the success they would like. I mean, not everybody... Yeah. wants to be successful. There's lots of goals in life. You know, success in one area is not necessarily the be all and the end all being a peak performer in, in whatever, every, whatever area you love is not necessarily the, the best way for, for happiness or life satisfaction. But we've seen a lot of people who do want to yeah. achieve amazing goals and they fail at it. They don't succeed at it. And I think and we we see it not just on this podcast, but in all aspects. And, and I think and I think that was the derivation of this idea to do this podcast because you and I talk all the time, and me sometimes more than you. But like, um, and we see a lot of people in our orbit, and we'll be frustrated with them, or we'll see guests. Yeah, and we come and on. we can see obvious like the obvious yeah. things. Like we ask ourselves, why isn't this person like number one yeah. in the world or number one yeah. in the city or whatever? Yeah. And we can see little personality yeah. things. Sometimes it's internal. It's how they treat themselves. And sometimes it's external. How do they treat uh, other people or their activity or whatever? So Absolutely. And I think, you know, and I, yeah, absolutely. And I think, like, it's instructive for us. And we thought it would help other people. I mean, that's why we do this. You know, we want people to listen and get value. It's not vanity project we want people to listen and say okay you know what i can learn from that and i learned from that too like 
you know, we we might as well just dive right in and then get to other people. Yeah. But I think there have been a lot of situations where we deal with people and they and you know, you earn a comedian and and you've been doing it for four years and you know, super super funny at it and you're getting great at it. And but like when I watched you start, I've watched you so in the two years I've worked with you interact with these comedians and try and become a part of their tribe and try and excel at it and try and earn both status and affiliation with them. And and there are times where I'll look at it from an external view and I'll be like, hey, you know what? They're okay, but there's a reason they're not more successful, even though well, they won't see that way. And, and it's not just with comedians, it's with entrepreneurs, it's with Everything. sports, it's with... It's with writers, it's with producers. Like, like, like you know, obviously... You know, we've had a lot of athletes. We had yeah. on Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, the best basketball player yeah. in history. We've had on Tony Hawk, the best skateboarder in history. We've had on uh, Sasha Cohen, yeah. ice skating. Um, you, Keith Hernandez from the Mets. Yeah. What separates, like, like if someone's on a basketball yeah. team, they've already gone through so many right. um, hurdles to get on a professional basketball team. There's a, a million people who would love to play on a professional basketball team, and a couple hundred make it. And then maybe five are considered yeah. like legends. Who, let's say at any yeah. given moment in, in in the NBA, what separates like someone like a Kobe Bryant from someone who's probably sure. just as good, but they could probably get there, but they don't. Like 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 who could have gotten to where Kobe Bryant was? But and yeah. he, he was like, I don't even know if he's retired or not. That's how yeah, he's retired and. He does an awful lot about, in that particular case, about having the Mamba mentality. What's that? The Mamba mentality, I think, is just kind of, I mean, that's a word you think you for. I think it's kind of a like a snake, like a rattlesnake or something like that. But he had a killer mentality. Like he had a way of looking at things where he was very, you know, killer at it. And but I what think, does that mean like in practice? Like were other basketball players who probably had just as much skill or physical talent, yeah. were they not... Was it a psychological thing? Was it they weren't practicing as much? Like, what yeah, was I think it? they probably weren't. And I think like we could see it. Like, I think it's kind of you've talked a lot about this, about in the way uh, like you talk about micro skills an awful lot. Like, okay, comedy is, you know, likability or interacting with a crowd or crowd work or you know just punchlines or writing or timing, you know. And I think with that. Yes, you're at a certain level, and the details separate the good from the great. It's not what you do; it's what you don't do. Oh you my know? God, are, you giving, and, are you are you dropping <laughs> quotes on us? Do I have to write this down? What was that first one? I just want the to details down. separate the good from the great, and I think if you look at it, I I wouldn't, you know, okay, I'll, you know, so we've we've had Bill Cartwright on the podcast. And so he was, he just to mention, he was the, the center of the Chicago Bulls when Michael Jordan played with them. He won a yeah. bunch of championship rings or whatever they are. Yeah, he won five, he won three as a player and two as a coach. And he's been around a lot of great players. And having been around him, I watch him evaluate different people. And I remember when we started, and then, I'll, and then we'll get to like sports or different people, but like I think that. I remember you were seeking approval because you wanted to join the fraternity of comedians. And I think that you were speaking to a bunch of comedians who had, you know, a degree of success. They were talented and, you know, and they were all talking, in my opinion, about their success. And they were kind of satisfied with it. And they said that they, um, we, you asked them about like, what's the difference between you and Amy Schumer and Chris Rock and, and they were like, just money. You know, we're just as good. And I felt like if I were around people who were of a comparable amount of success professionally, you know, they, in music, they wouldn't be saying they're better than Adele. They wouldn't be saying they're better than Taylor Swift or Beyonce. They would say they love music and they love to do it. And I felt like that, in their opinion, they were, they were complacent and they were happy where they were. And Or, or do you think... And so, do, do you think they're yeah. complacent for artificial reasons? And and again, yeah. I don't want uh, yeah. to keep it to just comic because I find this in every no, area. No, no, for sure. But but are they complacent because they're like, there's two ways to be complacent. Let's call positive and negative. Are they complacent because oh, I'm happy with where I'm at. I've got other things to do going on in my life because I know some yeah. people like that, and that's fine. Sure. But then there's kind of this negative complacency, which is they think there's a delusional complacency, which is they think 
they're already should be sure. good. It's just that their amazing skills and talent haven't been properly recognized. They they've been shafted by the system. Okay. And now I would say the the football coach Bill Parcells, a name that's most likely not going to ring any bells with you, but he won all these championships and he would constantly reinforce to his team that you are what your record is. You know, if your record is two and five, that's what you are. So if you're not doing something, that's who you are. And but I would say we all know people in our industry. You know, my dad was a physician. You were in computer programming. You know, in any position, we see, again, the details separate the good from the great. Now, when I was in TV, I remember seeing, uh, you know, I can watch TV and I can look at people on TV. And I guess only if you really know, you can see their habits and see the distinction. And, you know, obviously Malcolm Gladwell's talked about it, but I was talking about it with a former colleague about a, a reporter. And I felt like, wow, she's, you know, very physically appealing and she's, you know, good, but I don't know why she's not further along. And sometimes it takes like a desire, like like a real burning desire to get there that successful people do stuff unsuccessful people don't do. And this producer said, well, Steve, like, you know, when she does a piece, you know, she just does the same rap and intro every single time. She doesn't vary it. She's not enterprising stories. She's repeating, not reporting. And we see that in every single industry. And it's, it's so that so, extra so in that in that case, she's not maybe reviewing the video that she was just in yeah. and, and analyzing it or analyzing it with a coach um, yeah. to kind of say, hey, you you did this the same thing, you know, two times in a row, three times in a row, maybe vary it up a little bit, maybe move around a little more, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what else. There's but, a lot she could have done um, in that particular case, you know, and I, I have a friend who's in that industry and he said, I know it sounds sexist, but it's a, or, you know, wrong. But like it's a cosmetic industry. I mean, in any industry, I know men who are anchors and they're incredibly fit. And you know, people used to say that about the golfer Phil Mickelson with Tiger Woods. They said if he really wanted to be, you know, the best in the world, or he's missing that one thing, like maybe he would have lost ten or twenty pounds and been a little bit more fit. You know, and so yes, and, and I think it's not okay. Part of it, you know, in that particular case, yeah, it's not fitness. So one could look better on. Yeah. camera but you know playing yeah. 18 or some yeah. of these tournaments are 64 holes of golf or whatever yeah. it's, it takes a lot of energy so if you're uh gonna get tired faster and you're playing an, an athletic sport right. at the highest possible level against tiger woods who's amazingly right. fit he's gonna have he's gonna have much more energy to finish strong yeah i would say a few things like one um it's it's kind of like Stephen Covey says, if you have a burning desire for something, like to do something, it's going to be easier for you to say no, right? Like a lot of, and so, but getting back to that situation, if you really want it bad enough, you'll figure out a way to do it, you know? And and if you love something and you have passion for it and you have a modicum of skill, I think about in what we do, like we've had some success here, but what we always try and tell ourselves not how good you are, it's how good you want to be. Like you're in love or if I'm in love, you know, it's something you, you don't just, you put your heart into it and you really think, wow, how could I have done better? Like if well, you buy somebody, you love a gift, you're not like, well, I just got them that. I hope they love it. I hope they really do it. So when we do something, it's again, like I'll sit back and say, you know what? I could have done this differently, even though nobody else would notice. You know, I remember when I was at the early show, Beyonce, like she was taping something and it was, she had the flu and she just kept working at it. And I remember like there was a perfectly good version of one of the songs and she was like, no, I'm doing it again. And it's that drive, and um, Kobe Bryant has that drive. He wants to win more than other people. And you judge somebody, you judge their priorities by somebody's actions. Like, do they go on a team where they can win, or do they just want to make money? You know. And so that's with any situation. And so do you think that like, there's basketball players out there that uh, they they look at Kobe Bryant and they're like, oh, I I could be as good as him. He yes, just got 100%. he just got lucky with the PR machine. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. But but don't they think to themselves, oh, if I just wake up at five yeah. in the morning every day and to practice an extra hour, I could I could do it. And we've talked about that a lot. I'm sure some people think like that, and but you either, ha I think you, you know, you have to have that fire in you and drive. And I, and I remember there was like in the Olympics one year, there was something with Michael Phelps and Ryan Lochte. And, you know, and Ryan Lochte was like eating poorly and he kind of reformed his situation. And Michael Phelps had just come back. And, and you know, maybe Michael Phelps is more talented. You know, like, like, you know, like in certain situations, 
again, it, maybe in this, but I guess Ryan Lochte can be a better version of himself and still never be as effective as Michael Phelps, but he could certainly be better than you were. So I think that's the situation. So like these comedians, they could be better. We all could be better. What's the biggest room in the world? The room for improvement. Like we can get better and we should strive to be a better version of what we were yesterday than the day before. So somebody like Kobe Bryant is it, or Michael Jordan or Larry Bird or Magic Johnson, they're perfectionists and they, they really, you know, desire to be the best and have that desire, that burning desire. And there's a difference between certain people. We, you see that in business. And that's what I, I'm so intrigued by your book, Think Like a Billionaire. A lot of people would be happy just having 10 million or 100 million. And what is it about these people, whether it's avarice, desire, you know, competitiveness or, you know. Right. So there's that ambition. But you take a look at a lot of these guys. Yeah. Like Ken Langone, you know, who started yeah. Home Depot. He's he's contributed so right. much to New York City hospitals. He's a big philanthropist. Yeah. But probably worth 10, 15 billion, whatever sure. it is. He he described one story, whereas I think it was 1969, he uh, was losing a deal to Ross Perot yeah. in the morning, Ross Perot calls him and says, "Ah, we're not going. We're going to do the deal with yeah. Goldman Sachs instead of you." And Ken Langone said, "What are you doing for lunch?" And Ross was like, "Ken, you're in New York yeah. City." And Ken's like, "I don't care. Book a place. I'll see you at one." And he jumped right on a plane and flew to Dallas. So it means it means to me there's lots of things happening. Yeah. It's not just a desire for money. It means Ken Langone has to be physically healthy. I'm not saying he has to yeah. be in sure. athletic shape. Or he has to be good looking. He just has to be healthy enough that he's going to have the energy to to sure. think on his feet really fast. And like if you're if you're tired and 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 sick, you can't think. Oh, I'm going to meet him for yeah. lunch and and get there. Then he's got to get to the airport. He's got to handle the plane ride, drive there. He's got to have the kind of emotional backing around him. Like right. his his wife and family have to be fine with it. He's got to bring whatever employee, he's got to have the right employees. He's got to have the right people around him. Uh, He has to have, he has to have faith in his ability to convince Ross Perot. So I think a lot of entrepreneurs, they, they suffer from, you know, it's good to um, not be delusional when you have an idea. Like you can't think to yourself, oh, um, my business is the best business or I'm the the best comedian or I'm the best athlete. You have to have, you have to self correct when you're delusional, but you also can't have too many doubts either, or else you'll be too pessimistic about your ability to succeed. Sure. No, I said it to you before, and I think like we all know that there are different environments that we can be in that are better for us than others. Now, I happen to be a sports fan, and Kobe Bryant, his dad was a professional player in Italy. You know, maybe it helped him to be in Italy, and he didn't have, you know, he was in a an international country, foreign country, and he came over here, but he came to the NBA as a young person, but he was groomed for it. And so, so he probably didn't have as many doubts as someone who yeah. rose up, got on a team, and is just, you know, sure. grateful to be on that team and doesn't doesn't work harder somehow because they think maybe they can't get better or yeah, I don't know. I know, like he studied Michael Jordan. He was very driven, and he came from an area where he felt a certain degree of like, sure, I'm entitled and I deserve this. But then he had that extra competitiveness. And I don't know, like, I don't know how much nature it is and nurture. You you probably see it in six or seven-year-old kids where they're competitive. They need to win. Like, they throw a fit if they lose. And I, sometimes it's, 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 but then you're going to say, okay, once you get to the NBA, everybody is like that. And they're not all like that. You know, there are guys who, you know, we'll go out and go out to clubs at three or four in the morning, figuring like I have a hundred million dollars in the bank. I can't control it. And it's in every profession. Like, well, I'm not in a good team and they make excuses. Well, or, or you know. here's another thing I've seen. So I'll go out to dinner with people who are quote unquote entrepreneurs or writers or whatever. Sure. And they always tell me, well, here's my idea for a business. Here's my idea for a book. Yeah. And then they'll keep talking and drinking and talking and drinking. Yeah. Next thing I know, it's like 11 p.m. And for me, I like to get up early so I can sure. start writing or whatever. When I wonder to myself where, if, the, if these people are doing it every single, there's sort of this yeah. inertia where you have all these ideas, but you never execute on them. Like inertia just keeps driving yeah. you forward, but you can't succeed if you're not actually doing things. Well, yesterday I was or talking, carving out the time yesterday I had things. dinner with somebody and she's a, She's a track and field champion, and she got a, she was like an Olympic caliber athlete. And 
she was like, I stopped eating at six or seven in the morning. And it was hard for me. My dad was a, a champion, you know, track and field person himself. And he, when I was 13, I was the best in my country. But then he told me, listen, you're good for this level. But if you really want to be good, you're going to have to deny yourself certain things. And it's the old line, like, you know, it's not what you do. It's what you don't do. It's not the athlete who like works out three or four hours a day. It's a guy who's not eating McDonald's. It's a guy who's not going out drinking with everybody. It's the guy who's getting enough rest. And, and a lot of those people, yeah, they think that they could talk it into existence. And we've talked a lot about how um, you could act something into existence, you know? And um, so... Yeah, like to to, to write, you yeah. could have the best ideas for a thriller in the world. But we know, like we just yeah. had Brad Thor on the podcast. Yeah. We know that that guy writes, what did he say? Like 3,000 words a day, basically. And, and I'll say this for people, because even though... Like there's that aphorism, like no man's a hero to his valet or familiarity brings contempt. I've been with you for two years and you work harder, harder than anybody I've ever seen. And so it's not an accident. So I think people look at people's results and they say they have jealousy or they have envy, but you should stop and think. And like, well, that athlete spent a lot of time in the gym or he spent a lot of time training or he spent a lot of time reading every book about it. And so I think you should be honest with yourself. You cannot be really successful unless you look in the mirror and you're honest with yourself saying am i doing everything i possibly can and and i i feel like a little humbled and presumptuous to talk about other people's stuff because i know as we've said like don't point the finger point the thumb we can look at ourselves and there are reasons when i'm not more successful i could be doing things that i'm not doing or doing stuff you're more uncomfortable with or doing what's most important first well and, and, and you know that's a good point because i sometimes let's let's say among my books that I've written, yeah. I think sometimes towards the end, like I get very excited to start and then I yeah. write and I write the book. But, you know, we've talked about this also, that the details at the end are very are just as important as yeah. how you start. Like it's a different skill set to kind of finish something. But I think a lot of, I think me, I think I get careless yeah. sometimes. I don't do that extra final step often that it takes to be, great well, it's like, really hard to, to do the details yeah. at the end well jay-z said treat your first like your last and your last like your first i mean you have to treat a certain way in relationships you should treat people with the same deference you do in the middle of the relationship than you do in the beginning when the beginning you're so deferent to them and you're so concerned about them and i try and do that you try and appreciate people and respect it we're all we all lose sight though of different things in our lives and so I've talked about this to people. I've looked at their podcast or something, and I'm like, hey, they don't have that many downloads. And they'll tell me, well, you know, they'll say, well, they're just doing it for fun, you know? And okay, right, you so know, it's fine. That becomes an excuse then for not paying attention to the details, for yeah. having a certain kind of laziness, for, uh, you yeah. know, I, I, think, I think, again, being careless with your approach is, yeah. is, is important at, at, at every level. Like, if we're doing a podcast and I didn't read the book yeah. of the person on the podcast, that's careless. The podcast won't be as good. We'll get less right. subscribers. You know, then you make less money yeah. from it. Uh, or, or. Uh, but it, it becomes a slippery slope. Like you don't do it one time. Then, and I think you're afraid of that. Like when we have people on there, once you start slipping and you let, you know, it's like a restaurant that okay, we're not doing this, and you start cutting corners then okay it's easier the next time then it becomes easier the well, next time it's like it's like the uh broken the broken windows. window theory yeah. so it's that well i don't know if the theory is accurate or not but i guess so giuliani became uh mayor of new york and his theory of of policing was that uh if there's one broken window on a street uh within a half hour there's gonna be another broken window on the street like people will people will sort of recognize this is a street you could burglarize but then it starts to spread more and more yeah and so his whole thing was no broken windows well, that's an analog of like the detail separate the good good from the great i mean right so that's a detail uh yeah. like it almost seems like a tiny detail but he arguably says uh that he you know yeah. changed crime in new york city well didn't rock effect, like like again the more you care about it the more you're concerned about the details right like i just you know i care about certain people and i remember i gave him a james altrusher show t-shirt and i was like oh shoot i should have got one for your daughter because i care about them i wasn't like well hey, at least I did this much. And so the more you care, the more you're willing to do. So if you really care about it, then you're going to want to be the best ever. Like you, 
you care about comedy. You cared about chess. You cared about finance. You care about writing, so you make it a priority. And so your action, your actions, you know, are consistent with your priorities. And I think that if you're not, then I think it reflects in what you do. So I think like the but same I, way. I think I think though that this related to and sorry yeah. to interrupt. No, I, no. You're no. you're a quarter and I'm an interrupter. <laughs> uh, I I think. Like you just listed five things for me, yeah, and I don't even know if you included like you know entrepreneurship, yeah, but yeah. so I have almost too many things, and that's a problem too because uh, then I wonder, well, should I focus on this? Should I focus on this? I think I think vacillating between many things is another uh, uh, way that people prevent themselves from sure, success in sure. any one thing because if you do too many things, you can't be the best at. You know, there must be a quote here. I'm going to interrupt you, and I'm going to quote. Uh, <laughs> well, no, if you if you chase two rabbits, you wind up catching none. Right. You know. There you and, go. That's a great yeah, quote. Thank you. I try. I try. <laughs> I'm going to tweet that right now, <laughs> and before the end of this podcast, I'm going to see how many people have retweeted. If you <laughs> yeah. if you chase two rabbits, you end up catching none. I'm going to see what people signing podcasting, live <laughs> tweeting while we're podcasting. And uh, so, um, but yeah. I think that's true. So I think I think vacillating between different. I remember my very first business. We were making websites for entertainment companies, but at different points, we thought, oh, maybe we can make more money uh, as a record label, or maybe we can make more money making. Literally, right. we thought we could be a tea company, <laughs> and wow. so yeah. we were. You know, until we really started to focus on, okay, we're gonna build great big websites and charge a lot sure. for it. We we weren't able to grow as a business. We were still trying to find. And I think you see that, uh, you know, even like for sports, you can't be great at everything. You have to say, what am I going to be? Am I going to be the yeah. best pitcher or am I going to be the best hitter? Am I going to be the best catcher? Well, that's, that's, and again, I'll, I remember one time I happened to watch uh, Bill Cartwright, like train some kid. And he was this really good young player. And he was looking at him and he said, well, what could he do that nobody else can do? Is he a better shooter than any of us? A better rebounder? And, and so I think, and, you know, Ben Horowitz, who, you know, I always respect his stuff, wrote a book, The Hard Thing About Hard Things, and he talks about hiring people, and he talked about, we hire sometimes people who don't have weaknesses, but we don't hire them for, like, being incredibly strong in a particular area. So we had this, you had this conversation with David Epstein about, like, in the book Range, which I thought was a great book about generalization versus specialization, but again... What is success? I think that comes down to it. And again, some people are happy being a co comedian and having, you know, getting a hundred or two hundred dollars or touring. And it's it's all I and I think for me, I have to define success a certain way. And I've said this to you. And again, comparison is the thief of joy. I, you know, don't compare. It makes you bitter or vain. Like form your own sense of like what is success. And success to me, like John Wooden would say, is like knowing that you did the best you possibly could to be the best version of yourself. But like you've talked about what you, uh, you know, what you really want to do. And you want to be a good dad. You want to be a good husband. You want to be good to those people around you. You want to have good people around you. I try and avoid people who are, make me fearful or sad. But I think like, so I, so some people are happy. Like, and I remember, I remember reading a very good article in Sports Illustrated and it was about the basketball player, Daryl Dawkins, who faced so many expectations his whole life, you know, and he passed recently, but he was a very fun loving guy. Like he, you know, had all these nicknames and he claimed he went to, from Lovetron and they thought he was going to be like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Moses Malone or this great player. And he was like such a prodigious physical talent and he never really reached it. And, you know, I remember there was this writer, Dave Wall wrote this great piece and he said, you know what? The guy played 13 years. He scored, you know, thousands of points maybe he wasn't the best ever but he made a lot of people laugh he had so much fun you know he you know was just a fun guy and to be around and he had a lot of people who loved him and we should all be so lucky you know so, we should all be so lucky to have that kind of situation so i think for us and we've talked about it, like higher different hierarchies are comparing and so but i do think i remember also again i'm place you weren't likely to be at. I remember one time I, I was watching a basketball game and the Knicks, you know, earlier in my career, I was, would go to a lot of sporting events and go to the locker rooms and the Knicks lost to the Indiana Pacers and Reggie Miller scored like eight points and like it was a famous game where like he totally just took over the game and I happened to follow him in the locker room and he's screaming at the top of his lungs. He's saying, they don't want it. They don't want it. So we'll take it. 
And he was very hungry. He wanted to win. He had a drive. It doesn't mean you always succeed. And but like some people don't want it. So like, so like some of those people who come in and do a podcast and they're just riffing and they're not prepared and they're not trying to provide any value and it's a vanity project and they're more concerned about looking cool or sounding cool rather than really making a change like Seth Godin would say, like making a change for somebody. Like if when you watch something good, you hear a song, it makes a change in you. You you listen to it and you say. Wow, I really like it. You have a certain feeling. It's not just throwing something out there. So, but those people don't make any change. You know, you don't go on a limb. You're not going to grab fruit, and it's not. And so, fine. They're looking for different things, and we're looking for, but like the same but, way. But, but maybe they not, know. Though. But they know. They know that it's. Um, they know that. Um, you know that they're not. But other people, like you said, they delude themselves. They don't think that they're. They think they're doing everything they can. They think they are. Yes, it's totally true. Airbnb has changed my life. If anything, they have made my life so much better. Like I used to live in Airbnbs. I, I lived in over 100 or 200 different Airbnbs over a three-year period, and I loved it. I, loved, I became a really good guest of Airbnbs, and I got to know lots of hosts. So when I initially owned a house, I, of course, the first thing I thought was, I'm going to turn my house into an Airbnb because I travel a lot. So why leave my house unused when I can make a side income by letting others Airbnb my house or come to stay in my house as guests? And having my own Airbnb or, or being a host for Airbnb has allowed me to do just that. And I've met other hosts. I've actually spoken at Airbnb's host conference. I think it was in 2017. I met so many just nice hosts. It's a great community. And I love, you know, turning my own home into an Airbnb. Like I'm traveling to Austin next month. My home's going to be an Airbnb while I'm away. And I'll stay in an Airbnb. I'd rather stay in like a three story house Airbnb than in one tiny hotel room in, in the middle of Austin during South by Southwest. So listen, while you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. Many people host on Airbnb, but there are people who are just letting their house sit empty, who've never thought about it or didn't realize their space could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and is a great way to earn some extra money. So if you have a home, but you're not always at home, then you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Daylight savings time is starting up again. Okay, podcast is over. That's all you needed to know. But why do we have uh, daylight savings time? Answer, to give us more daylight from March through November. By setting your clocks forward, it may feel like there are more hours in the day that initial, when we initially start daylight savings. But if you're hiring, it doesn't necessarily help you find qualified candidates for your roles any sooner. There's only one way to do that, ZipRecruiter. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash James. ZipRecruiter works around the clock to find qualified candidates for you. Once you post your job on ZipRecruiter, they send it to 100 plus job sites so you reach more of the right people. This is such a brilliant idea for a business, and ZipRecruiter did it. So ZipRecruiter's smart technology also quickly scans thousands of resumes to identify people whose skills and experience match your job. I've used ZipRecruiter particularly as a potential employee, and I still to this day get messages every day. James Aldacher, would you like to apply to be VP of en Entertainment at NBC or whatever? So there's just nonstop emails. Like I got five or six emails today because of because a year ago I signed up for ZipRecruiter. So spring forward with a new hiring partner, ZipRecruiter, and find top talent sooner. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash James. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash James. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Hey, listen, men's health is important. Men act all cocky and like they don't need anything. But the reality is, as you get older, 
There's some things you need. And it often feels like we're too busy to take care of our health problems. Like I'd rather do anything than go to the doctor or the dentist or the pharmacy or whatever. But now you don't have to waste your time if you use HIMS. HIMS, H-I-M-S, HIMS is changing men's healthcare by providing simple and convenient access to science-backed treatments for erectile dysfunction, hair loss, weight loss, and more. The entire process is 100% online, so you get a new routine of improving your overall health faster. Jay, you listening to all this? Yes, I definitely got to use HIMS from now Not on. Not that you need it. You're, you're young and healthy. James, I'm 35. You, you're getting there. You might, you might need it. Who knows? But if prescribed, your medication ships directly to you for free and indiscreet packaging. No insurance is needed. You can manage your plan on the HIMSS app, track progress, and learn more about your conditions and how to treat them from leading medical experts. Start your free online visit today at HIMSS.com slash James. Could you imagine that there's a whole section just with my name on it? HIMSS.com slash James. That's how I how much I am representative of the kind of person who needs HIMSS. That's HIMS.com slash James for your personalized treatment options. HIMS.com slash James. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See HIMS.com slash James for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies based on product and subscription plan. There was one podcast which we didn't release oh, on no. purpose. Yeah. Um, where the guy, you'll know who I'm referring to once I describe it. I'll, tell, the, I'll where, tell everybody who. Yeah. Where the guy, um, I kept trying to bring up things in yes. his book, and it was a good book. I kept trying to bring up things in his book, and he said, no, no, just tell people to read the book. Yeah. Well, we don't have to talk about that now. And and I can't say he was the worst person in the world, <laughs> but that's only because I haven't met everybody else in the world. And, and I... You know, he didn't get the idea that this podcast is not, we're not an, an, an advertisement. We want to provide value to, yeah. to people. That's that's what makes this podcast good. That's why people come on this podcast. And he didn't have a sense of of you provide value. And then that's how, how people become attracted to yeah. your products and brand or whatever it is you're trying to promote. You you can't just promote. It doesn't, it doesn't work. Then you don't, I think yeah. what you're kind of saying is you get better by providing more and more value without asking for things in return and 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 that because you might not know like yeah. if, if someone if someone goes to practice an hour early they don't know if that's going to make them better but it just becomes they're, they're providing value for themselves hopefully which will provide value for you yeah. know, their team or 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 the audience or whatever and, and you know they the, again they 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 have to go in there with the mission of providing value rather than oh, how am I just promoting but, myself yes. rather than building the skill? Yes, I think, again, like for us, I just, I really do focus on my actions, on my outcomes. I'm not saying I'm people a lot more successful and I just try and be, it sounds corny or I just try and be the best I can and, and just get better and better and be better than I was yesterday, as do you. But I do think some people delude themselves. So, and you look at them and you're like, you know what? You should have been, you should have followed up with us afterwards. You should have been appreciative that James read the book and like and flattered rather than, you know, had a boost to your ego. You, you know, again, we saw this when we had a prominent guest come and she came by herself and and that person said, Oh, our publicists really love you and James and they want to meet you. And then I was like, Why didn't they come here? And Somebody whose name rhymes with memes said, "Well, they're busy." <laughs> and then somebody who's rhyming, I want to give Steve. the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> somebody whose name rhymes with Steve said, "Well, if she were Jennifer Lopez, there'd be ten of them here." And that's they're not doing their job. Like successful people do what unsuccessful people don't do. So and okay, so they when... should make her feel important. And there's a lot that could be gained from doing it. If they did that, they would have met us. They could have pitched ten other clients. They could have worked with that person and said, "You know what? You're right." You should do this, this, and this. What do you want to do? They can make that pe person feel better. Everything we do is based on how we feel. Why is somebody going to come on our show? Why is somebody wear Gucci versus pay less? You know, because they feel they feel a certain way from doing it. Like I can go 
you know, why do you buy this shaving cream or whatever? You feel a certain way from doing it. And it's, and so I want people to feel a certain way when they listen to us or listen to you. And that again, brings us full circle. When I started with you, when I was in TV, certain people wanted to be famous in my opinion. They didn't, you said, hey, I enjoy when people come up to me and they say, hey, I changed, it changed my life. And I really appreciate it. It makes me feel good about that. It makes, then, you know, so, so you could judge people on, you know, what they settle for, right? Like, it's like, I, I liked Megyn Kelly's, you know, book. I, I like just certainly the quote where she said, the only difference, the best advice she got was somebody said to her, the only difference between you and the person whose life you admire is that you settle for less and they settled for more. You know, and and so some of these people are happy just doing I, it. I don't know if they are because we see so many people yeah. who are bitter that someone is at. You know, there's a, every yeah. we're we're primates at heart. So yeah. every primate species has yeah. a, 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 a lit ranks themselves from the alpha to the omega, sure. and it's hard to break that hierarchy. And and humans don't have that as much because there's so many hierarchies. But like in a job, for instance, you start off as uh, I don't know. Uh, an analyst, then a senior analyst, then sure. a project manager, then a director, then a VP, then a senior VP, then executive VP. So there's like a hierarchy that is in every organization, institution, and even like um, a sports. You're in a hierarchy. Sure. Like here's how you scored. And here's how everybody scored this year. Um, in, yeah. in comedy, uh, here's yeah. how many years you've been doing, or here's what what TV credits you have. In movies, you know, here's how much money you've or in entrepreneurship, here, here was how much money you made. Here's a question I have though. So, so two things. One is, I think again, so what holds some people back is they get a little delusional. I, I think bitterness is kind of an an ancillary outcome from being delusional. You think I should already be sure. You know, some some of the hierarchy is arbitrary, so you kind of have to kind of work on those details to make it not arbitrary. But I think some people yeah. think that. They should be at the alpha when they're somewhere in the middle because they haven't taken care of all the details, but they see aspects of themselves that they say, well, I'm better than sure. so-and-so. I should be here. And then that stops them because they stop working on the details. Listen, I'm the first person to say, like, I was the same person. I mean, a lot, I was, I've been in environments where I'm really thriving and I'm the same person. And you want to be at a place worthy of your talents. And I think one thing you're great about is you empower the people around you. You're, you know, but like, so I feel fortunate, you know? And so like, I always say like, I try and bloom where I'm planted. I tried to make the most of those earlier opportunities and and wherever you are. And I have friends who aren't so fortunate. And I have friends, you know, Stephen Covey likes to say like, you should, um, or well, he's dead, but rest in peace. Uh, seven habits of highly effective people, creators. I don't know he was Covey. dead. It was, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Well, if you're, uh-oh. I'm gonna go. Um, on, I'm gonna go on the World fine, Wide Web. Fine, Triple fine. W. Okay. While you're doing that, but he likes to say, like, you know, people should consider like their their decisions, not their circumstances. You know, where you are is because you're and and I like to say, you know, like, hey, you know, make the best of whatever situation you're in. But like, certain times you're not in a great situation. It's very crowded. It's hard. So, I, getting back to your NBA analogy, yeah, I'm sure some people look at it and they're like, you know what, that coach you know, he's not playing me and he likes this person, that person's his nephew, or you see it in comedy, the book is not putting it in me, you see it in, you know, any situation. And yes, there are some arbitrary, there are some arbitrary situations. It's but I think, of, I think you can, I think just like with investing, you, you handle, you, you, you take away the risk of the arbitrary by diversifying. And isn't that what you're doing when you say, oh, what if I, you know, like you, um, you know, like maybe if you just keep doing comedy, you'll be Dave Chappelle, Chris Rock, and Jerry Seinfeld all rolled into one. But maybe, you know, like maybe, but we've talked about the Scott Adams skill stack. Maybe it's your whole situation has made you, you know. Well, it's a balance. You can't, yeah. you, you, you just have to be, all of this is really about awareness. So are you being delusional about where you are and that's leading to bitterness? Or are you vacillating too much? on what you should be doing, or are you too careless about the details at the end, but you think it doesn't matter? Like for instance, take a look at Tim Ferriss's podcast. Okay. At the, he sends out an email where he breaks down by minute by minute, like all the show notes. Right. He has advertisers on that page. He does like a one or two little extra things. Yeah. I'm not saying they're good or bad or we should do yeah. them, but maybe those are details 
We should do. I'm not saying we should. No, no. I, uh, but but I see different podcasters do different things, and they they. they uh, but we're busy doing lots of things, so sometimes maybe I don't take it over the finish line on the details. And uh, myself included. Yeah. I mean, I I think, and I think that's a way of looking at things. Like you could, you know, getting we, back, we, to- which is different than than. Being delusional, like I'm, you have to be aware when you're when you're not taking care of details. You have to be yeah. aware, like just now when you brought up, like yeah. I'm doing all these things. I'm aware that I'm vacillating and trying to decide which things to focus on more, and that is a, a problem for me. Uh, I'm aware when, yeah, uh, or try to be aware when I'm too lazy or when I have too much doubts in my on myself, so it's getting in the way of of trying to improve something. Uh, uh, you know, but getting back to, I'll take two things. Like, like with Tim Ferriss, like what he talked in, in the four hour work week, essentially, the way I interpret a lot of it is, is that we, the 40 hour work week, we do, a, we spend a lot of time doing quote unquote busy work to avoid doing what maybe you could do sooner. So I I do that too. I remember you used to watch The Honeymooners and he would always play Swanee River before he did something. And that's like, we do that too. We don't get to, we don't, you know, make put what's most important first sometimes. And we, we need to, but, and so we could, we could, be self-critical and say that. And I know for me, like there's, yeah, of course, there's a lot of things that I'm not doing that perhaps I could. And you and you have to become ruthless with your time to a certain degree, cut out certain things, and then, and no. And I think as we get, hopefully, you know, we can get better, but it's a decision we have to make. Getting back to Carol Dweck, and we always have a choice between fixed decisions and growth decisions. Like we have a decision every day, right? Like. We could be with like somebody who we're comfortable with, or try something new. We, you know, every day, any decision you could, right? Can't you? Yeah, but like, like think about the example with people going out to dinner and talking about their ideas instead of doing them. So let's say you just do that. Let's say all you did was go out to that dinner once a week, and you could say, "Sure, I want to be with these friends one once a week." Yeah, that's fine. But then you have to be aware it's probably taking six hours, roughly. Yeah, from the, maybe even more. But let's just say six hours from the time you leave your house to the time you you sure. get back and recover. Um, so six hours once a week, that's uh, 310 hours a year. So in 310 hours, let's say if all you could, let's say you're a writer and you write you could write a hundred words uh, an hour, which is a very yeah. small amount. It's one paragraph. So let's say you could write one paragraph an hour. If you do that for for 300 hours, that's you know you sure. you just miss out on writing a book. So, right. but life, your happiness in life is based on your relationships with people. But right, I but just, that's but that's where you have to decide. Like, yeah. do you let the inertia of of you, you know do, spending these extra hours? Like, maybe you could see your friends in other sure. ways, or maybe sure. it's not every week; it's every three weeks. Um, or are you vacillating between this is what you really want to do as opposed to uh, writing a book? Or if you have doubts in yourself and the way you kind of are overcoming these doubts is by not doing it at all, but just talking about it. I think this is where a degree sure. of being aware of these things and having a degree of self-awareness about it. But then, and also the delusions too, like, oh, this guy's not a good writer. I could write better than him. But then you have to say, if you don't write, if you're just talking about it, again, delusions think, yeah, lead to and those bitterness. Are, and, but those are the people I don't want to be around. Like when I think when... You know, I think whenever you have an aggregation of people, you see it with comedians sitting there, or I saw it in TV producers, and there's a jealousy. And you, and if you feed it, it will grow. And I don't want to be around. Not only do I not want to be around people who make you fearful or 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 sad, I don't want to be around people who, you know, are judging other people or you know, I don't or just yeah, I just. Think or like, you can also be delusional about your own abilities. So if yeah. someone is obsessed with being in the a professional yeah. basketball player, but they're, yeah. you know, sure. me, <laughs> it's just not going to, but no, I, I could do it. I know but I you could do be it. better than you were like, you know, you know, no, you know what I mean? Right. And so that's the, why, and that's why we always try and tell ourselves like, just focus on our actions and not our outcomes. Like, let's just do our best and, and really do our best and focus our attention on that. But like, I don't want, I, when I was in TV, I would be around people and they would look at this person. Oh, she slept right at the top. She looks like a man or this person's a moron or, and, Again, small people talk about other people. Big people talk about ideas. Nobody else's success comes at your expense. We all do it, and I do it. You know, and I think we have to force ourselves to like, to like, it's a muscle, and to say, you know what? That's energy that's not, that's not constructive. And we have to, you know, we have to push ourselves to be a better version of ourselves. And and so you know. Well, so here's another question though. At some point, when should you quit? So like all these people who are like, 
in the middle of the chain between Alpha and Omega. Yeah. Maybe they're even professional level, but they're just not going to be the best in the world, but they're yeah. bitter, they're unhappy. Or, or, and maybe they're even yeah. getting worse because they're not spending, they're spending energy complaining instead of getting better. When should someone okay. quit? And, I, and, and I'll, I'll just tell you, for my example, yeah. like, I, this, I have many examples of when I've quit things, but sometimes I quit when things are plateauing and I always like to feel like I'm improving, yeah. so it feels unpleasant to just plateau. So when I was doing the podcast question of the day with Stephen Dubner, it was a fine podcast. We were getting great downloads. We were making money, but we kind of felt just the quality of the podcast and the number of downloads were plateauing. So we quit. And sometimes you fall backwards. And so if you're just, you know, if you're get if you if you're just getting worse at something and you can't sure. figure out how to get better and you're trying everything and you're you're aware of all these issues, sometimes then you should quit. Like if you if you're let's say let's say um uh, you know, you're you're you were selling uh, uh, black and white TVs, and you refuse to get into the color TV business. And you see all these color TV businesses yeah. uh, selling better than you, and you're you're slipping, and you're 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 not selling any TVs. At some point, you have to t say, yes. okay, I'm not doing yes. the right thing. Yes, and it's you have to be um, willing to quit your dream. Well, <laughs> Maybe someone's to, dream is to sell well, all liked, the black and white TVs. Well, I liked what Charlemagne said, where you know he you know, talked about how, oh, everybody's like, follow your dreams. And he had a chapter saying, like, screw your dreams. Like, you know, okay, like, you want to be a rapper, but you're terrible. You have, you can't rhyme. You can't write. You have no flow. Like, Jay, wouldn't be a good rapper. But I think that, um, not to pick on Jay. Yes, to pick on Jay. But, um, like, Jay shouldn't be a rapper. I mean, but, like, so Jay should do something else. Jay should be an engineer. He's a great engineer, great at a lot of things. But, um, but no, I, I think, and I think that's healthy, too, right? Like, I think, like, you could, if you're holding on to something so tightly, you don't realize everything else you can, you know, grab and do. But, yeah, I mean, I also think it's how you frame it. You know, I quit this so I could do something better. And, but I... Again, like it's not for everybody. You know what I mean. Not everybody wants to, right? Like that. But I, I, when I was in, in, again, and I myself was definitely a practitioner of this, and I wasn't my best self, and I, and I could see that. And it's like that line: like if you live in a ditch long enough, you'll start to decorate it. Like you'll start feeling this certain way, and you'll start feeling a sense of helplessness. You'll feel like, well, I worked so hard at this, and it didn't make a difference, and. You know, or these right, people so don't recognize, get... or they're, and I, I have friends who are in that environment, and I'll try, and you know, I guess sort of like the plus equal minus. At Frank Shamrock and Ryan Holiday, and you talk about where you, you learn from people who are better than you in certain things, and you try and, you know, help other people, and and they'll look at well, Steve, they're never gonna, you know, they're never gonna promote me, and I'm like, you're right, you're damn skippy, they're not going to like look, try and look at yourself the way they look at you over there. But you have a lot of choices. I'm sitting across the person who wrote, choose yourself. We have a multitude of choices, how we can react to that. And you would have 500 ideas about what that person can do if you feel trapped and figure out a different way to kind of, with that situation. I'm not saying it's easy. You know, it's simple, but it's and not I, easy. And but, I think I think part of I think part of choice too is, like you just described someone who wanted to yeah. get promoted, didn't get promoted because, they, again, they were placing a lot of value on external validation uh, on the, uh, no on a hierarchy oh, so yeah. promoting means you're moving up in a hierarchy and so a lot of times you have to be in, you know again let's say you're a musician you can't be you might not be able to be more successful than the beatles but you could be the most or or yeah you know they have a very unique sound or or pink floyd is a very unique sound the, the beach boys we just interviewed mike love they have a very unique sound there's no other band that sounds like them you could be the best unique sound for your voice as you say, you know, yeah. go to the place yeah. least crowded, yeah. and that's where you find success, where there's no yeah. hierarchy, so you could kind of be the, the top we, of the hierarchy. But I want to be helpful to people, and I want to just, like, convey a sense of, like, this is how we talk. Like, mm -hmm. and I, you know, and I, I think the same way, like, you eschew the idea, I can't believe I just used the word eschew, eschew. but like... Uh, <laughs> E-S-C-H-E-W. <laughs> yeah. No, but I think you avoid saying, oh, it's not self-help. I'm just telling you my story about, in your case, 
how you managed to lose millions of dollars is <laughs> twice. <laughs> Four times. Okay, fine. Yeah, sorry to underestimate you. No, but like, <laughs> but, but that specific example, and I've heard people talk about they don't need a like a how-to business book. They want to do a read a biography about somebody and say this is how that person handled it. And I just I mentioned that example of like a publicist who wouldn't even come to the with that client over there, and it's wrong on like ten different levels. And you know, and it's wrong. It doesn't make that person feel apparent, you know, important. They're not going the extra mile. They can go back to the office another time and do it. They're not trying to help their other clients. They just think small. And people, those people are prisoners in the moment. They're not prisoners of a bigger dream. They're not trying to do something different, you know. And I think I've watched you, and you've been pretty generous to people around here. And it doesn't mean you have to be obsequious to you. It doesn't mean that you have to be a certain way, but like, you've we've had people on our podcast and you see them hey long time no see and they're like when are you gonna have me back on the podcast and i want to say and most of the time i do i'd say moron why don't you invite him on your podcast which in comparison to ours is too tired from cups and a piece well i don't want to compare <laughs> but in a comparison to ours it's not as popular but like What's the worst thing James is gonna say? No, screw you. Only come on mine. Like it's like give something. Like try and be valuable. Happiness begins where selfishness ends. Like don't always just think about yourself and be transactional. And I'm like, that's why you're not more successful. I'll be honest with you, that you're selfish, you're short-sighted, that you're not thinking about a win-win and you're not thinking big enough. You're not thinking about, okay, let's make the pie bigger. You're thinking that it's a zero-sum game and it's not. And I see a lot of people like that and I see them with us. And it's like, if I want to meet with somebody, like I will sit there and say, hey, I hope this can work out for both of us. And I really do. I'm not trying to spin somebody like a dreidel. I'm trying to just be like, hey, I think this could work for you guys. And hopefully it works you know, for both of us. It will help you to come on our podcast. You'll have a great conversation. Getting back to how it makes you feel, you'll feel good. You'll feel like you learned something. You'll feel like you know, you reach some listeners. You feel like you had somebody who invested in you. So please invest in us. And so those people aren't like that. And too bad, so sad, you know? Yeah, no, I think, I think uh, you know, we talked about a lot of different ways someone can invest in themselves, but I think that's a really important point. If you invest in others, and you, that's like yeah. a, a pl planting a seed, of course, not every seed blooms, but if you do it enough times, you're going to have many opportunities in the future based on yeah. these people you invest in. And you don't do that transactionally you don't do that in the hopes that they return the favor you do that because you you want to yeah. be generous and you want to help them but ultimately if you help good people it's gonna i think come for around. me a lot of it is again it's about like how it makes you feel and it's the same thing with any situation and you have to make it's kind of like james Fowles atlantic magazine used to say like make what's important interesting so we should make the right thing to be the stuff that feels good to do it so Tony Robbins talked about it. He said, if you see a hamburger there, you have to train your mind to think like it doesn't feel good to eat that hamburger. It feels good that you have the discipline to avoid that hamburger. It feels good like, you know, like Eleanor Roosevelt said, the future belongs to those who believe in the beauty of their dreams. Like it feels good to feel like, wow, I have this bright, beautiful future, me being like you, thin in the waist, pretty in the face, <laughs> and you have all this stuff there, but you have a future of like, so those people, it's their misfortune and their short-sightedness that they don't feel good by helping other people. They think it's, you know, and that's... And by the way, none of this stuff is hard. Like, yeah. it does, Like there's all this advice, like if you want to be, if you want to move from the middle of the hierarchy to the alpha, you have to like, you know, work 100 hours a week, you have to de yeah. destroy yourself doing so. A lot of this is just about being aware of when you're being careless, which sometimes details just take seconds yeah. to, to uh, correct. Uh, a lot of it is about being self-aware enough to be not be delusional. Either delusional in the sense that um, thinking you're you, you could be positive delusional in the sense that you could think, oh, I'm the best, and uh, right. and so you get overly optimistic about your chances. Or you could be negative delusional in that you get bitter. Oh, why is that? Why are they getting more money than me? I'm yeah. better than them. You know, uh, it, it doesn't take any time to get better at your delusions. You just have to stop having being. You just have to start being aware of them. A lot of it is about time management, which actually saves time instead of spends time. So yeah. don't go out to that. Don't go. Don't regularly do something that's going to cost you hundreds of hours a year when you add it up. Uh, take care of yourself because sickness takes you out of the game uh, for weeks at a time. 
So there's lots of little easy things or, or even investing in someone else, like sending someone a thank you note or a publicist coming here would have taken an hour, let's say in that case that, that you mentioned. So it's all these things are very small, but, but, but they add up not in terms of time, but in terms of increasing your chances of success and being, but you have to be aware of these different yeah. problems on the way to the, that climbing up that ladder. And I think if you're fortunate, you have people around you who really are dream makers, not dream takers. They're people around you. Like, I think it's important. I think it is important. I have a friend who has a company and she has people around her. And if she makes a mistake, that person's like, well, look at you. You're not good at this. Or that, well, how did that person get good at this? Like, how do you help that person? And you have to want, and I really try and think about that in every single reaction I'm in. I told that to you two years ago when we started. Didn't I say, the opposite of love is use. I want you to be really successful. If I'm not, if you don't love that person, you're using them. You're using that person. And I don't want to be in those situations. You want to be where your values align. You want to be with people. And you want that person to do really, really well. When I found that I've been in suboptimal conditions, I felt that that person didn't want me to have that bright future but, that they want for themselves. But I would say and that, that's not great. That's not, that's not ideal. I would say that's ancillary also, yeah. though, to like, uh, you know, the inertia of always being around people who aren't thinking yeah. of the best for you or, yeah. uh, you know, when you succumb to bitterness, you're going to start hanging around with other bitter people. Yeah. So again, it's all the, the, I think there's like higher level things that are easy to correct with just being aware of the word and does it, and thinking about it, if it yeah. applies to you and that solves, it seems to me when I interview a lot of people, that solves 90% of yeah. the problems they might have if they want to take that next step on the ladder, being aware of, again, they're, they're, well, where are they delusional? Where, you know, I see many entrepreneurs who smoke crack about their businesses. They hate yeah. they hate every other business, but they think their business is yeah. is the best when they're not really looking at it. Or they're lazy. And what do you do when not, you see them? You see you go and you tell them, or you're just like this. Guy you can't is tell out them. To lunch. You can't tell okay. them because they're not aware that that's a, a problem. It's like it's like almost like a cognitive bias. Like they they're not aware that and they but they feel I'm sure they feel like hey I need to feel this way. I need to believe this. Same way that people because feel say, like you wear a turtleneck, you're Steve Jobs. You, yeah, you could yeah. say you could say, look, there's no there's no market for what you're doing, and they'll say they have always a response. They'll, well, we'll create a market, and so or the market you know right. doesn't know it's there yet. We'll educate right. them. So there's no there's no real way to tell me. Self awareness is really the important thing. There's a lot of people who are again just plagued by uh, like what you're talking about, hanging out with people who aren't yeah. thinking of the best for you. That's either out of your own inertia in terms of you don't feel like moving into a different situation or your own delusions that maybe yeah. if you you could change them when you can't. That's why I can't tell an entrepreneur your yeah. idea is bad. You can't really change people who are delusional. They have to change it. You, if you're around sick people all the time, either you're going to get sick or yeah. you, A, you're going to get sick and B, they're not going to succeed because they're sick all the time and then they're going to get bitter and have doubts and be careless and vacillate yeah. between different things and all these things are sort of macro they're high level yeah There's specific strategies for being successful but this is like higher level where you can yeah. live if you eliminate these problems then you could start talking about techniques like okay i'm gonna be around people who are good for me yeah. um but those are just ancillary to these kind of higher level things to be uh, aware but I'll, about but I'll, you know getting back to Kobe Bryant and sports malcolm gladwell did a very good podcast about revisionist history about the basketball player rick barry who shot free throws underhanded and even like the Columbia women's team didn't want to do it because it was granny style. So he was like one of the only two people. And it was, he had like a quote about Rick Barry, who was just an unlikable person. And Rick Barry couldn't care less. Like he didn't care if the whole league hated him. And so you have to, the nail that sticks out gets hammered. Like you have to, like if you're in TV and you want to be the best producer around, some people are going to hate you. They want you to hang around them in the cafeteria. They want you to gossip about other people. And so you have to be willing. And, and so... Nobody really wanted a nobody like Rick Barry couldn't care less if everybody thought he looked like a granny shooting underhead. He he didn't care if everybody hated his guts. He was a certain type of personality and he just didn't have that, you know, gene where he cared. So I see I have to, I have to work on that. I have to work on that one. And so you know you're gonna get it. Like you know you're gonna get it in any situation. And there's a degree of like anti-fragility where you just have to be like okay i'm gonna get it anyway i kind of liked in the debate you know the other day where pete Buttigieg said uh 
you know, okay, like here's what's gonna happen in this debate. If we do this, this, and this, they're gonna say we're socialists. And if, you know, and if we do if we do this, this, and this, guess what? They're gonna say we're socialists too. So we have to do what we think is right, you know? And so I think if those comedians who are happy being at a certain level, maybe they are. You know, maybe they're like the Daryl Dawkins who had a great family life and loved life. And we all have to decide what's our level of success is, how we define it. You know. But but even then, I think always just being aware of these, whether you're happy at that level or not, being aware of what the opportunities are, being yeah. aware of when you're delusional, being aware of when you're careless, being aware of when you're not treating yourself well, so you're getting sick more. Uh, yeah. Just being aware of all these kind of potential obstacles, whether you want to move forward or not, I think awareness is is of these things are, yeah, are key. But anyway, Steve Cohen... Once again, thank, thank you, you for James. for co-hosting today's podcast. Thank and, you for having uh, me. Real thrill. We should we should do these every week. Why we I would stopped? Love to. Yeah, you booked too many people for me, <laughs> and we had to stop doing them. Let's, again, I would say, um, don't point the finger, point the thumb. It's you. <laughs> it's true. I have I. You always say I. I'll here's a, here's the typical. Your conversation. eyes are bigger than your stomach. Here, here's the typical conversation. I'll say, Steve, do not book anybody <laughs> yes. next week. And then you'll say, well, how about if we get uh, yeah. Chris Rock on? Yeah, exactly. And I'll be like, okay. Well, you have to ask. Like you do, No, but you have to, like, that's why we're successful. We have to just keep, you know, keep doing the things like Stephen Covey, who, is he alive or not? No, he died in 2012. See, thank you. <laughs> um, he lived a wonderful life and helped a lot of people, uh, Stephen Covey. Uh, and But I would say, though, that, yeah, we're, yeah, I just think, like, we just you have to sharpen the saw, Stephen Covey would say. Yeah, I got to do that. Yep. You're 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 fine, but I have yeah, to do it. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. You're terrible. All right, thanks Steve. You're welcome. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy sandwich, but you're the Fileo fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.